Greetings, true believers, and welcome to episode 72 of the Pull List Podcast, a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. My name is Chris Poirier, and with me, after what feels like nearly an eon, what's the technical definition of modality of time for an eon? I don't know, but Hector is on the other side of the microphone. Um, hi, Hector. Hi. Do, do you, know, you know what an eon is? It's been eons. It's in Egon? I mean, he collects molds and spores. No, I'm just saying because if it's a it's a bygone eon, it's an egon. Oh, right. So that would be the past tense. Yeah, is uh, egon the past tense of an eon? That seems accurate. Is that why, I don't know. Is that is that why that's his name? It could be. Oh, Harold, we miss you so. Uh, yeah, so good times. We are back. We have had a few um, months off, which means the comics pile got really, really tall for me. So that means we got to get some of the cobwebs off. We're also, those of you that are listening to us won't know this, but we are doing some video for testing so that you get to see our lovely faces. Matt's going to see this yeah, Matt's going gonna on see this. and he's going to be like, no, nah, we're just putting the video out. <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh, oh, I'm so it's, sorry. It's just so fresh and so clean. It's so fresh. It's so clean, 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 clean. Yep, nailed it. <laughs> um, so at least if Outcast sees us, they'll talk to me. Right. So. <laughs> well, we just got blocked from YouTube, so guess that was the beginning of the end. But you know what that means? It's time to strap yourselves in and prepare yourselves for we've got comic sign. We've got a lot going on in today's episode. We need to catch up kind of on the last couple months of things. Uh, we are going to hit some of the latest news. Short story, there's way too much going on since we've last talked to you. San Diego Comic-Con has occurred. C2E2 is literally happening while we are recording this. So I could have all of the news or I could have none of the news. So the answer is we've got a few things to talk about, but we're mostly going to take today to focus on kind of, well, what we had been doing and all that good stuff. And some of the things that we read, we read a lot a lot um and we have some fave new number ones and just so much more welcome back it's great to see well see here all of you see in the future this is the poll is podcast <laughs> i'm brick tamlin here's the weather <laughs> it's gonna rain and it may rain here so there's that um but yes let's talk about there's wow too much news but i want to focus on industry level stuff and at least some things that are quasi interesting that are going on or at least what i found interesting while i was clicking through you know bleeding cool and nothing else just, just kidding i actually read a lot more than just whatever rich johnson tells me to but um one of the things that actually kind of stood out to me, because as those of you that have been listening to us for a while know that I, Chris, absolutely love me some Valiant Comics, although the last few years have been rough, um, to say the very least. And so this is one of those moments of I'm happy slash sad slash not happy because I don't like seeing failure in the comic book industry, but um 
Valiant supposedly let go over 100 employees over the last week or so, and there are varying reports of what that looks like. Some people resigned, some people quit, some people were like, do I still have a job? Um, and that's never a fun thing, especially we, we're seeing that kind of in the in entertainment industry in general right now because, well, um, economy things, the word recession or something or other, you know, just general. Eh. Redundancies, downsizing, Dunder Mifflin. Yeah. Ooh, er, um, we got to make those synergies work. Um, so yeah, things are not looking so hot over at Valiant. So somebody out in the ether of the interwebs reached out to, um, Dinesh, who was the person that far as most of us are concerned, saved Valiant, um, from the ash bin, the trash bin, like way back when, when Acclaim ran it into, uh, bankruptcy, Dinesh and a group of friends resurrected the company, resurrected the universe, poured their heart and soul into it. Then they got sold um, publicly and he lost his public interest a few years ago and they he hoed him. And they straight yeeted him and a lot of um, the people that saved Valiant once upon a time out into the wilderness. Now, it looks like the Acclaim era may be returning because it was a Chinese media company that purchased them, was hoping to turn a whole bunch of stuff into movies. They made one movie. They made Bloodshot with Vin Diesel. You're welcome. Ooh. Or not. Depends. Um, and if the, I'm just I'm just saying that if <laughs> are you <laughs> if uh, your best representation of what you're going to do with a property is Vin Diesel's Bloodshot movie. Um, and that was technically a Sony property, not that we're piling on, but, <laughs> and, but I mean, and here's the, here's the really, Oops. I'll say ig not ignorant. This was a better word. Um, uh, ignorant. that's just ignorant. Matt put a better word for ignorant than ignorant in here. Um, yeah, make us, make us sound smart. Yes. Um, you put the guy that is the main character of, um, outlander as the <laughs> I, was, I was i was gonna go triple x but oh no 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 uh like the show outlander which is like oh you know, yes okay i'm following the like no, i understand you put him as the bionic sidekick to vin diesel <laughs> in this movie instead of the main character because you wanted to put vin diesel in a major property if the people that made that movie would have simply like made it a vehicle for the main dude from Outlander and advertised he was going to be walking around shirtless shooting stuff. <laughs> uh, Go on. The majority of people that are of the Outlander fan base would have gladly shown up just for Bloodshot as that. But what people didn't want was another tired Vin Diesel vehicle. But <laughs> I see what you did there, whether you meant to or not. I did. Uh, uh, well, no, I lied. It just sounded better when I actually said it. Um, but like my wife is a big uh, Outlander fan and she sat down to watch Bloodshot with me and she's like, oh, Jamie. And like she got super <laughs> pumped. And it was like, and aw. and but aw. that's the thing, like. That show had more people watched that show than watched that movie. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if they would have just advertised it as that. Now, and on a completely side note, this is just 
for equals bananas on casting parts. And I know I'm ruining your uh, news segment. Um, Here we are. We were one episode back into the return for the fall and we're just a hot mess. I'm throwing out the show program and we're starting from scratch. um, Have you seen the multiverses game? Oh yes. As okay. As being you, I assume you had the fact that you can play as Arya Stark versus Bugs Bunny. (laughs) It's like, you know, like I okay that that rabbit hole was partially worth it, <laughs> um, because like I like I told we we did a lock in last night, um, which is probably why my brain's not working. And um, Hector's only partially with us for this episode. I got like I slept from like eight thirty to two, so it's that's not, not bad. T- that's that's almost normal hours. Um, good. But uh, like I told the guy who was running our gaming station, uh, just do Among Us, Fortnite, and the new multiverses game, and. Yeah. And like I walked by and some kids like, who's that? And they're like, oh, it says Arya Stark. And I'm like, (laughs) you put Arya Stark in a kid's Smash Brothers game? And here we are. And here we are. And and that's what's wrong with Valiant. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that's what happened. But either way, someone's like, yo, Dinesh, what do you think? And he's like, yeah, we've been working on it all week. And that's the tweet. Like, literally, that's the tweet. That's that's where the article came from. Um, I've reached out to Dinesh to see if he'll actually say something um, because I, I personally deep down inside want that property to return to that group of people because he loves the Valiant universe. I'm not just saying that he's like, I can make money like that dude loves the universe. And that's why we got really good work during that time period, because the people that were editing that were creative direction and everything at Valiant just loved that universe and the characters and what was capable of coming from that group of people. And it's just like, yes, give me more of that, please. I would like all of this. So we're definitely going to keep an eye on that because at the same time, Dinesh's new company with all the same people, um, bad idea comics went from a joke to they were, they're kind of like the new Valiant clone. Um, and we're in the process of hiring people up over the last couple months where they said they weren't going to, that they were going to do a couple of comics as a joke and kind of move on to they're hiring a full headshed. They're hiring um, back their uh, editors. Hiring a what? Yeah. So headshed um, is sea uh, level type stuff. It's a corporate thing. I don't know. I've spent too much time in that world. Um, so great. Careful. Serial killery. Also, don't don't Google that. um so i'm curious i want to know what's up so i'm i'm pins and needles i because i don't want valiant to totally die that would just kind of be depressing because there are really great characters and everything going on over there so i'm i'm hopeful something good comes out of that is the short version of this um let's see ah some dc news because the dc bros are back and um we're not going to talk about how DC's DCEU's entire timeline released at San Diego is literally nothing but bat movies moving on. Um, like what? Almost, almost every, someone pointed this out on the timeline slide of it all is bat family. hundred percent of it. Um, go back and look at it. It's kind of depressing when you think about it. Well, and that um, the stuff that's <laughs> been announced is not even guaranteed at this point. Yes. And of course, I guess that's, we can we can also interject that random news of an entire movie that is shot and completed. They decided not to release. So rest in peace. Um, and I'm only sad about that for a um, to because we don't get more J.K. Simmons as Gordon. Yep. 
that's a that's a loss. Um, I'm not honestly super sad at Michael Keaton not being his Batman footage not being in there simply yeah. because I know we might get more, but also the world sure. already loves Michael Keaton. Um, <laughs> You're not wrong. The world, the world already does does love them some Michael Keaton, and so it's not like Michael Keaton is not uh, Hayden Christensen. Um, <laughs> he is not he doesn't need a redemptive arc (laughs) michael keaton does not need a redemptive arc he never went down um and (laughs) and but also i'm only a little sad for that because brendan fraser getting to play a dc villain i was excited yeah um for so we we're we're interjecting this into the news because it kind of hit my thing as we were talking about it but there is a theory out there that the reason they binned um we're talking about Batgirl um, is of a potential incoming sale. Now, why that makes sense is if you been a multi-million dollar project pre-sale, that is considered a loss on your balance sheet. So it technically can lower the cost of a company. However, and this has been done before in Hollywood, when you do that, you transfer the rights to said movie so what you're kind of doing is you're trying to sweeten the deal by devaluing the company so you can lower the asking price, but putting intellectual property on the table that they're going to acquire and potentially release anyway. So it not being pre-released means that there's a bunch of stuff they don't have to tie up in potential contracts. It makes the deal look slightly better in the interim, and then it may get released and make the new company money anyway. So it's convoluted, but I'm told from a lot of people in media that this is actually a pretty common practice and might actually be a warning sign because people have heard that there's a lot of disagreement in DC's editorial and creative shop on the movie side. And they've been shopping, WB's been shopping potentially to find WB a new home that because they, they want an AT&T or somebody big to come along and... Wait, is AT&T the current? I'm losing track of which major D- company Discovery actually owns them. them. Discovery. Right. Okay, so that makes more sense. Um, right, Be, and they're technically under the HBO thing, and that's why lots of crazy stuff's going to happen in streaming over the next six months, too. <laughs> Welcome back, y'all. <laughs> but this is, the, this two is I, the next hour on video streaming and WB-ness. The, the two I've heard thrown out are Amazon and Apple. Yep, me as well. Um, and but and outside of Batgirl getting canceled, because I gotta say, Batgirl wasn't like on the top of my radar. Neither is Flash. Yeah, I honestly, I don't think I knew it was being shot. <laughs> I knew it was being shot because it was just weird that it was J.K. Simmons' daughter as Batgirl. Yep. No, like, no. Uh, so like, and it was just weird that you had J.K. Simmons Gordon, which means it's Justice League era. Um. With Michael Keaton's Batman, it's just there's a lot of weird in there that didn't make sense without a stretch. But uh, also, I feel like even if it's not just the sale thing, I feel like they're going for the Firefly Snyder Cut vibe of hmm. let's take away something we're going to give you eventually and just make you feel the loss for it. So you fight for it and then make it cooler. Um, Could be. That's not a bad point. But I am super grateful they canceled Gotham Knights before saw that as well i that one i'm actually happy for because it looked like um moderately warm caca and Mm. um (laughs) and we've already got a good show and uh, that's similar to gotham knights it's called titans and we don't need you 
<laughs> that's that's a good point. Um, and while we're here, I'm I'm just surprised. I, I guess I fell asleep at the wheel while I was looking for news because I'm remembering more news than I saw um, while I was doing my final skim today. Um, and the other thing that you absolutely didn't know you needed to know is Joaquin Phoenix's Joker Part Two. It's happening. Um, Why? A, it's happening, and B, Lady Gaga is Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn. <sighs> and yep. it's a musical. Congrats. Here we are. Um, and, but that's not the DC news I was here to talk about. <laughs> but and, and it's a musical. <laughs> uh, for the love. <laughs> great. Because great. having Mark Hamill do a song in the Killing Joke animated disaster wasn't bad enough. Um, now we get... A Lady Gaga Harley Quinn musical. Although, if anybody's going to do a Harley Quinn musical, that does feel right. Yeah, I'm not actually totally against it. It's just not on the top of things that I expected to see. <laughs> well, I still, I still have not rewatched Joker because it was painful to watch. It was painful. It was well done. Yep, but painful. Um, and, and like, supposedly that's supposedly that's the point. That's what they were going for, right? But that does not necessitate replay value or desire for a sequel. Also valid. Well. Cheers. Some Yeah, cheers uh, for sure. Um, so DC News that I actually wrote down is this is the 30 year anniversary of the death of Superman. Yes. Yeah, it is. And to celebrate it at first, they they teased nothing but the bloody um symbol of hope and they're like something's all coming and, and, then, yeah, and all of us ooh, yee. um that hits a little close um i was really concerned we were about to redo this as opposed to revisit it but thankfully it is a revisit for the 30th anniversary they're going to kind of do um, some one shots yeah, there are going to be some one shots telling different pieces of it. Some cool teams are coming together for it. So if you didn't get your morning armband the last time, you'll probably be able to find some today because there's if you still have your sealed in the package. Great. You and 47,000 million of your friends do as well. Um, every that's, time that's not sealed. I wore it. <laughs> it's like I wore it every time someone would bring that in in the poly bag and I was working behind the counter. They're like, I got the death of Superman. And I'm just like. How do I kindly tell you that is literally worth me giving you a dollar for you to take it home? <laughs> um, because I got a dollar. I got a dollar. I got a dollar. Hey, 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 hey. DC made a lot of those. Um, but it's kind of cool. It's an itch. I mean, for a lot of folks in our generation, a lot of folks, that was introduction to comics. Um, because, because DC's biggest sales thing has always been it killing their own characters. <laughs> No lies detected. Both on the page and off. Ooh. <laughs> um. Hey, but hey, um, in in the Sean Murphy verse, though, Jason Todd didn't take a crowbar to the head. So congratulations. Slight spoilers. But he also wussed out. And yep. that's lamer. Um, I don't like that. We'll, um, we'll save that for the rest of the podcast because now i do have to ask you why the murphy vs. red hood book didn't make your list this week uh, but i got one more thing in the news before we get there um and that's netflix is just going out and buying as much copy 
for comic book related content they can hoping that they will find the next thing and matt kent's about to see that payday again because mind management got picked up by netflix um mind management is really kind of a make your head hurt um type of book and matt even recently turned it into a tabletop game um matt's oh, just yeah out there. i remember that we, we out there we, living we had him on the show we had him on the show that? We talked about that. It'd be like, um, you know what you're doing. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I know what I'm doing. And it's like, Matt knows what he's doing. Cause he's out there like literally printing money right now. And good for you, bro. We see you. you the official are printing- podcast sponsor of the list. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so I dig seeing Matt out there because um, he's got his own imprint at Dark Horse, which we mentioned before we went on break. Uh, he just sold the rights to my management. He has a game that everybody loved over the last year. He's at Gen Con this weekend hanging out with all of his tabletop bros because Matt's like, wait, all you nerds love all the nerdy things? And um, this isn't a Matt. I'm sorry. This makes it sound like Matt's like the money. No, nope, Matt's just a nerd like the rest of us. Um, and he found out that tabletop is super duper fun. And he likes just hanging out with nerds all the time. And if he adds tabletop conventions to comic book conventions, he can live at conventions. <laughs> and he really does seem to enjoy that. So hi, Matt. Have fun. Hope you're having the fun at the Gen Con and stuff. Um, so, yeah. That's that's the news. Um, there's lots of stuff going on. San Diego had tons of stuff. We might revisit it, but I know some. I know that uh, our buddy Matt um, actually did a recap with his show. Uh, so if you kind of wander your way over to the Love That Nerd podcast network, you can find that. It was within the last couple of weeks. So I'm just gonna say thank you because that's a lot of stuff, and I'm reading comics, lots of comics. So that's your look at the industry. Uh, you know, you can come hang out with, that, with Hector and I on the Facebook and the Discord and all that good stuff. We love talking about this stuff. Hector still rolls his eyes at Discord, and now you can actually see it. You can live <laughs> in my pain. You can't if you're listening to this episode, but when we start doing some of these more in video, you get to see what I see. I see you. Um, Some, somebody came by a con and was talking oh. and asked me why i'm never in the discord and i'm like no <laughs> no i just don't want to um it's like no hector's too good for discord i'm it's not okay. too good for discord i'm old and i'm tired <laughs> and i don't want to learn new technology um <laughs> Uh, I, I I bought a Zune to replace my stolen Zune and had to recode my computer to be able to update it because the software doesn't exist anymore. And I'm staying in that bubble, baby. I'm staying in that bubble. <laughs> I don't I don't want you Spotify. I don't want you. I don't want you, you know, iTunes. I want to I want to make my shuffle playlist of like thirty thousand songs on Zune and stay there. Zune so discord yeah and it's not personal (laughs) and i love you all but no (laughs) wow the next the next ltn con that i have to pipe in on for an internet thing sure pass that (laughs) no (laughs) hector just said too bad that's fine i'm there occasionally I, i i literally did have someone come by uh at galaxy con and ask me when we were starting a faith and fandom discord 
uh for <laughs> and you were like oh what now i'm like uh, um you could text me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you text me all of your wonderful comic book questions i will answer them for you one at a time yes sms rates may apply <laughs> <laughs> oh that's trouble all right well we should probably talk about some comics before people like stop listening you are listening to the Polis Podcast with Chris Fourier and Hector Mira. Welcome to the Lightning Round, brought to you by Moviga. I'm Lee, with your weekly source for all things movies, video games, and more. Now grab your ponchos and let's catch up on this week's news. Quentin Tarantino offers a rare opinion on Top Gun Maverick and Spielberg's West Side Story, saying they both provide a true cinematic spectacle, the kind that he thought he wasn't going to see anymore. I say I wouldn't disagree, especially with those Maverick Top Gun ratings in the box office. HBO Max and Discovery Plus announce a merger, citing skews and differences in male and female audience. As long as there aren't any Game of Thrones and Honey Boo Boo crossovers, I'd say this is a great move. Batgirl with intended HBO Max release gets cancelled. It's sad, but it seems like no one has any idea what is going on with DC. But the good news is, Discovery CEO claims that they have quote-unquote reset DC films to follow Marvel's 10-year plan. They weren't already doing this? Well, at least we still have Black Adam, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and The Flash to look forward to. Flash actor Ezra Miller is paranoid and wears body armor and gun everywhere as alleged victims compare him to cult leader. Um, will somebody just give this guy a hug or something? Speaking of more DC news, not all hope is lost. Joaquin Phoenix and Joker sequel Folie Adieu gets released date for October 4th, 2024. John Carter's sequel titles and details were revealed by the director at San Diego Comic-Con. Even though it's regarded as a colossal box office bomb, director Andrew Stanton shared details for what could have been if the franchise had more success. Now I know we have some John Carter fans on the Moviga crew, so this is news that is a little bittersweet. Maybe we can get something trending on Twitter. Uh, hashtag release the Stanton cuts? Let's move on to games. Square Enix reportedly looking to sell its stakes in its studios to focus on Japanese games. The next Life is Strange installment will be less episodic as Dev State Studio will be ditching the practice going forward. Now let's be honest, don't we all miss the days of a game being released as one whole complete piece? All this seasonal and DLC content can be exhausting. Please, no more FOMO. Speaking of new DLC, in Nintendo news, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe music tracks leak, which hints at future courses. Uh, thanks I guess, data miners. Oof, sound from Roblox has been removed because of a licensing issue. Oof. Well, it looks like the storm has passed. Be sure to check out the Movega podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to that sort of thing, where we're talking all things movies, video games, and more. I'm Lee, and thanks for joining me this week for the lightning round. You are listening to the Polis Podcast with Chris Fourier and Hector Mira. I think we have to start. Yeah, so Hector is about to drop a pile of comics. Oh, I'm not dropping them. It'd make a mess. <laughs> yeah, okay, don't do that. Um, yeah, I took a picture of my pile. Um, I commented my pile on your pile. Yeah, I saw. So 
you can check that out over over on the Book of Faces. It's probably on the Twitter too. I don't know. There's places we do things. We're we're socially savvy occasionally. Um, I felt like before we got into kind of our top fours and everything, because we're covering two and a half months worth of time, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, it was really hard. I I kind of create like a this is my go to pile for this week, and I kind of move things in and out of it. And this was one of the harder ones to be completely honest. Um, but there are two books that I'm pretty sure if we don't talk about at least for this much time, um, which is a little bit of time, people are going to be like, what gives? Because this happened. You're right. This did happen. So, um, because they didn't make the top of either of our lists, just FYI, Batman transitioned out of whatever just happened <laughs> uh, into chip Zdarsky's, um, uh, run and daredevil still chip. Um, but coming out the other side of devil's reign and renumbering at number one and kind of continuing on the story. I'm still super happy with daredevil, but there was actually other stuff going on that I was like, I want to talk more about these daredevil transitions out of devil's reign. Far as I'm concerned, pretty well. Um, I, I mean, a lot happened and it's kind of hard to stack rack and stack all this stuff and all the people that died and didn't die or isn't really important who died. Multiversal that, versions of Doc Ock and different bodies. And it's just stupid. All kinds of all kinds of craziness. So Chip regrounds us in, OK, this is what's going on. And he's like, cool. I I'm he came full circle on the whole thing of if you remember when that arc started way back when. So spoiler, not spoiler. Um, Daredevil ends up far as he's concerned, accidentally killing someone. And it's that whole issue of he didn't just rough somebody up. He murdered someone and that whole reality and manslaughter. Yeah. Manslaughter. Well, I mean, personally, he took that as I took life. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. That was, that was the internal struggle because that's a big deal about who Matt Murdock is. And technically it all resolves. He's finally, he's blaming Fisk for all this stuff because Fisk also managed to murder his brother, not a brother, Mike, <laughs> um, just still a thing. And this book just kind of drops you back in the deep end of the pool of chip takes somebody extremely important to Matt Murdoch from him, like instantly and just like dumps Matt back in the deep end of the pool of why do I do the things that I do? Um, because now he's back on like, am I on the vengeance path or am I on the I'm still doing good path? And I kind of dig it. Um, that's where I ended up on it, at least that they are doing the thing of Matt left New York, um, which he's done in the past. Um, and it sounds he started out doing some stuff side by side with Spidey, which is always fun. And then you find out that M Matt was talking to you most of the issue and you find out he was talking to the Punisher. So, um, yeah, Marvel. Which, which if you're not reading the Punisher stuff right now, it like, are you doing, are you reading any of it? Okay. No. Should I be? Um, I've let, let me say this. I've bought like seven Punisher issues over the summer. Oh, dang. Um, so like one shots and specials and all stuff. So if you're unfamiliar of what's going on, uh, the Punisher has been made the, uh, Lord of Death by the hand, like mm -hmm. Electra's old baddies. And um uh they're basically having him teach what killing should really be, and they've made him into like this 
uh, sort of messiah of massacres. And, um, but, uh, they're doing this because, you know, they're super like vile. Um, but it's like, they're doing it to cheese off Ares. Ah, okay. Uh, um, and Ares wants to fight the Punisher, which is just delightful. But the reason the Punisher is doing all of this is because the hand has brought back his wife, uh, from the dead. And if he keeps doing it, they'll bring his kids back. Ah, uh, okay. So they both are doing that thing. And because of the hands interaction, Electra is still functioning as Daredevil back in New York, by the way. So I'm curious if we're going to get a spinoff book or if they're going to go back and forth in the Daredevil mainline, which I'm but fine now, if they do. And but now what it looks like is that she's going to have an issue with Punisher for kind of obvious reasons in the not too distant future. OK, so, yeah, you should be reading Daredevil and you've heard the both of us say that. And apparently I should be reading Punisher. So, OK, Marvel, congrats. You might have just figured out how to make me pick up a Punisher book. And that, that's exactly what happened. I picked it up just for uh, because a dude at my shop recommended it. But then once we got into it, I was like, oh, OK this is actually pretty entertaining. And then seeing how it played in with daredevil was actually pretty smooth. Okay. Excellent. So Batman chip Sadarsky, 125. We went from, uh, the Williamson slash transition period, uh, love letter to the nineties, um, to issue 125. How'd that make you feel? How'd you feel about 125 and 126? Once where we where we took a left turn real hard. Uh, one twenty five. Let me say this: one twenty five was crisp and felt uh, like a nice. Hold on, cha cha cha. The visuals, since Ooh, we can actually do this, it's a book. It is a book. I see it. Uh, one you can't tw- see it, but it's a comic book. Uh, but also, uh, you know, one twenty five jumps in and gives us, um. I feel like a crisper vision yeah, for what we've had for Batman in a while. Um, But it also like, uh, I mean, like the first issue, they almost killed Tim Drake. Um, I, when I hit that panel, I was like, Oh, Chip Zdarsky going hard. uh, Chip Chip is easily crumbling against or like tearing away at a lot of what makes, um, like a, a lot of what's been built over the last year, I'd say, um, yep. or not built. Um, but like they almost killed him. And yep. because we're two issues out, I'll say this. They do kill the penguin. That And the whole point behind that made me go, this is feeling more like King's run, but not in a bad way. Yes, it had it had strong King vibes. Uh, but not in a bad way. And, you know, it didn't make my top of my list, um, especially 126, because I didn't. I was like, oh, great. Another robot is this fear state. Um, yeah, we'll see how this first arc wipes out, because, yeah, I, now, I see what they're I see what they're doing. But I hope they get to the basically spoilers. So if you care, this is where you hit pause and you move on. Um, but we already talked about he quote unquote killed the penguin. The penguin finally figured out the way that he's going to get Bruce Wayne is he didn't die in the attack. He literally waits for Batman to come question him at the hospital, downs a cyanide pill. And he's like, I figured out how I can get you. 
and he kills himself. And so, you know, all the monitors go flatline and the nurses come in and Batman's standing over Cobblepot dead. And it's like, oh, snap. So Batman's about to go on trial again if caught because they now believe he murdered Penguin. And yeah, I was but like, a, I, a toxicology I should, but like, you know, right it's that or whatever but you know whatever yeah um, it's still i was like yeah, that's a comic book setup i don't hate it but uh there's uh you're introduced in 126 to a uh android slash robot slash whatever called fail the safe fail safe which is uh basically if you played metroid dread it's that and um <laughs> li- literally it's the it's that thing but uh like since we're already throwing out spoilers uh can i just say that the best thing's the last panel like to to fight against whatever the failsafe is, Batman has a failsafe mentally. Oh yeah, um, which we haven't really seen since Batman Rest in Peace uh, with Grant Morrison's run. And uh, mm. he'd be like, he'd be like, there. What do you do, <laughs> so where he says, "I'm Batman." Yeah. Um, so uh, <laughs> we we see the return of the Batman of Zuran R. Uh, which is uh, Batman's mental breakdown self, according to Grant Morrison. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. But it's just like you kill Tim, or you almost kill Tim. You kill Cobblepot, and you bring back the Batman of Zeron R in your first two issues. And let's, but let's just talk about also the art shifting back in this direction. Oh, when I opened that first book, I went, yes. And we're supposedly not going to lose him either. That, you know, sometimes what happens, you you get you get the big, awesome artist for the first arc to get people rehooked and then you move on. It's rumored he's going to be around a while um, because there's a, another project that he's also doing and everyone's like, oh, no, he's going to leave. And he's like, no, 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 going to do both. And everyone's like, yay. So I hope that's true. Because when I hit the end of the Ramita Jr. on Amazing Spider-Man, I went, ew. <laughs> Side note, but ew. <laughs> I really hate it when they do that. So. I met him, by the way. That was nice. Ramita? Jr., yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Dig it. So. We knew we had to talk about those two. You're welcome. Uh, so hit us with what you actually thoroughly enjoyed sir hector oh okay uh, uh, um so thoroughly enjoyed if that's accurate um it's on your list you, it's you on at my, least made the list it made my list um uh poison ivy uh i i put number three on the sheet but uh the whole three issues so far have been uh really well written really well executed arts gorgeous full of good writing um but the uh this is uh ivy at not psychotic but this is ivy at the point where she's like made the point she's just gonna kill all the earth life on earth for the record that happens a lot Yep, but like this isn't like a grand like theatrical plan where she's doing something big and public for a hero to stop her Got it. She's doing this uh, low-key stealth, and she's basically already succeeded before the book started. Hmm. Um, 
So she's going like uh, she's got this ridiculously toxic spore that uh, she uh, has cultivated or whatever. And she's going around uh, spreading it cross country like by herself so that by the time anyone knows about it, the world's doomed. Um, Clever girl. And uh, but like you're seeing a battle between her humanity versus her. uh mm-hmm maliciousness uh and you literally get some of the moments of the absolute most brutal kills you've ever seen ivy commit like way like horror stuff like way more rough than some of the horror comics i've been reading um and then you see her get sidetracked because a lady asks her to help her tend to a garden and she spends all day like cleaning it up Mm -hmm. um but uh and if you're aware sorry for the loud noises I punched my screen. Thud. Um the da, 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 da. uh the somewhere in the past, if, if you follow, followed Ivy's history in the last three, four years of comics, uh she got ganked in Heroes in Crisis. And then the Ivy that we were given was a seedling Ivy that had to grow and right. become a person. And somewhere in there, she merged with the green and got godlike powers. And she kept all of Gotham safe underground during Fear State. And then she lost all of that and had to give it up to save some people. And now she's angry that she had to be a hero. And so she's killing everyone. Um, But there's only been three issues in, if I'm not mistaken, there's only six issues i believe it's only a six part yeah i believe it's only a six part run um and by the trajectory of the first three issues it yeah it's got legs for that um but if you're you don't have to know a ton they will do some flashbacks to uh some of the post fear state stuff um but uh it's it's just really well done it's good storytelling at its best um on the flip side i'm going to flip over to a book that's not good storytelling at its best, but it is fun. Uh, (laughs) So it's a Marvel book, right? It is a Marvel book. I mean, granted, I can, I already knew that, but that wasn't going to change my comment. (laughs) No, no. Um, So new fantastic four. And I'll say the same thing. uh, First three issues. Um, But uh, like, I like Todd Turner is the biggest fantastic four fan. I know. And he is, uh, hi, Todd. Hi, Todd. Um, and you know, partially picked this up just to have something to talk to Todd about. (laughs) Um, uh, because we've been doing a slow breakdown of identity crisis, and I was like, oh, I should pick this up so I could talk to Todd. Um, but uh, it's a, I mean, come on, uh, Mr. Fix It Hulk. Ghost Rider, Wolverine, and Spider-Man as the Fantastic Four. That doesn't feel like the Fantastic Four. That feels like my team roster in Marvel's Ultimate Alliance. Um, <laughs> um, and it's not the Bagman. It's not the Bagman. Um, so, but the... Are you reading this at all? I'm not. Okay. So let me tell you why you might like this. Uh, Stop giving me more stuff to buy. This is all this is. This is an hour long sales pitch for us to buy each other comics. Yeah. And the rest of you, the rest of you have cursed us many times over. You're welcome. Okay. So I know how much you loved the whole Doctor Strange Vegas vibe. Okay. That was pretty good. Right. This is a direct offshoot of that. 
Ah, oh, dang it. The story takes place in Vegas. Darn you, Marvel! <laughs> the story takes place in Vegas, and as an offshoot of the Doctor Strange Vegas thing, uh, where hell literally was under Vegas. And it was literally Mephisto. Yeah, it, it, probably. It was, it was probably. Um, uh, there is a powerful hell lord slash demon that has been gathering all the vagrants and wanderers of Vegas and turning them into demons. And they've been like manifesting under the streets of Vegas, just kind of prepping. So it is Mephisto. Yeah. Well, it, this, this is like a Mephisto sidekick. Maybe um, he looks like Danny DeVito in a hoodie. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I, I have to show you this now so that, I'll, you know, I'm not lying. Um, so new Fantastic Four. Um, uh, but this dude straight up looks like Danny DeVito in a hoodie. Um, and let me find a better shot than that. Um, but so, OK, but wait, there's more because there's Jesus stuff, too. Um so, because you know that's what I need. Yeah, uh, the re- the rest of you are getting ASMR of comic book pages turning. You are. You know what? I should that, that could be a whole podcast channel. Just the, just a half hour of you turning pages. Oh, turning comic book pages. I mean, I don't think that would be the worst podcast made. Um, he's only in this one page, so I'm gonna show you this guy right here uh, on this issue. Um, do, 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 do. Okay, like right there. Yep. Okay. Hmm. He looks yep. like Danny DeVito in a hoodie. Um, but uh, Spit an image. There's this Hell Lord who has been gathering all the vagrants of Vegas, turning them into demons. And uh, they run aground of a young priest. Uh, and like, uh, who's, you know, he's a shepherd, uh, like a 20 year old shepherd book ish type. Um, but somehow. In a spiritual context, or he's a mutant, who knows? Uh, he, in this issue, discovers that he can wish things for people so that his prayer life is freaking banging. So, like, when he says, I wish this, it happens. Ah. And he didn't know that he had this. So when he's like, <laughs> he's like, sees some trouble, he's like, man, I wish the Fantastic Four were here. <laughs> Yoink! There they are. Um. But as a fun point of interest, his pair powers don't work on Ghost Rider. That checks out. And so there's something there which hasn't been uncovered yet. Um, and uh, like uh, so <laughs> all of these guys converge in Vegas to fight demons. And there's talk about God and uh, demons and stuff like that. And it's just fun shenanigans. <laughs> Fun shenanigans. shenanigans, wacky times. So if wacky you fun. if you want some moderately vague god talk, some <laughs> Danny DeVito demons, and a ragtag group of not the Fantastic Four, this isn't a pitch for a new Spawn cartoon. <laughs> this is this is what you want. <laughs> Wow. Uh, so I've had a blast with it. It's on. I've I've officially added it to my pull list uh, okay. at my shop. So uh, right. there's that. On one that is much <sighs> a much easier sales pitch for you. Great, money's uh, gone. Money's Goodbye. gone. Variants. Uh, I'm not reading this either, and I'm guessing I probably should. Okay, first of all, first of all, those of you not watching who probably can't watching, the finger is promptly pointed at the camera. First of all, uh, it's a Gail Simone book. Check. Ah. Uh... 
it is yeah. Gail Simone riding Jessica Jones. Check. Check. Yeah. Uh, Gail Simone is one of the best writers in the comics industry. And when you give her a strong female character, she real good at it. She real good at it. Um, second, yeah. it's a Gail or third. It's a Gail Simone book. That's about Jessica Jones. And it's about all of Jessica Jones variances converging on her life. Yep. So I have, I have failed this city. Um, so Jessica Jones, it, like you're starting to read this Jessica Jones story and all of a sudden there's conflicting Jessica Jones stories. And what you don't realize is you're reading about two Jessicas in the same city, not knowing they're in the same city. Oh, okay. I got and, you. And then a third Jessica Jones shows up who's basically captain in America. She calls herself Captain America, not Captain Carter or anything like that. She is Captain America. Um, but it, picture Jessica Jones as Captain America. That's all you need to know. Uh, and then uh, two, two of Jessica's variants are in her apartment fighting her. And she just starts smiling because Luke walks in. <laughs> and they basically were threatening her daughter in a way, unintentionally. And you get to see Luke like go haymaker on like a Captain America Jessica. I mean, it's just crap you didn't expect to see. But then at one point, uh Daredevil uh shows up because of trouble and Jessica just starts kissing him. Um, because in this variant Jessica's world, she's with Matt. And he's like, WT. Yeah, math checks out. Uh, she's like, WTF, Jessica. Because, <laughs> But what you could see is Daredevil did not want a, none of what Luke had to offer or what uh, Elektra had to offer. <laughs> so it was basically like, get your freaking lips off of me or we will both die. <laughs> um, and then another... Uh, Jessica variant shows up at the end of issue two. So we're two issues into this and we're four Jessica's deep and it's, it's delightful and the writing's great. So that um, multiverse of madness indeed. Yes, it is. And then uh, my last one is uh black Adam number two. And uh, this is your dude that wrote seven secrets. Is that right? No, or, what uh, no um priest is writing uh black adam mm. what do we know priest from a lot of stuff black panther like he's done he usually is doing a lot of work in black representation so usually is writing a lot of stuff in that space okie dokie so uh black adam i'm just going to give you the short uh, the short straws of issue one and two, um, both were fun. Uh, Black Adam uh, kills Darkseid in issues one, uh, punches a hole straight through him. Um, that tells you something, don't it? Yep. And then it's like, oh, you're not actually Darkseid. Oh, I was going to say Darkseid was womp womp. Oh, uh, womp womp. Um, but apparently it was a setup. And that whatever he punched through him, he got some malady that mm. uh, is deteriorating him down to his like it's eating his eating his flesh alive. And nothing he's doing is stopping it. Like when he shazams in and out, it's still there. Um, yeah, that's not great. Uh, and so he. it's also you get to see uh, Teth Adam or Theo as he goes by in this book. Um 
in his public, like doing the whole Bruce Wayne thing of fancy outfits, human form, literally arguing over a KFC franchise in Kondok. Um, not even kidding. Um, like, and doing UN stuff. Uh, but then he's dying from this thing and he finds uh, one person who is his d- bloodline descendant somewhere down the line who is a sassy, like 24 year old med school student resident uh, who's like, uh, don't you tell me how to do the rules. I'm a be my own man type situation. Um, <laughs> and uh, they have this interaction and um, come to find out that uh, Black Adam's for real, for real going to die. Shazam! Shazam! And um, so right before he dies, he passes off uh, his power to this young man. And uh, <laughs> in what is the most self-aware comic book moment in the, in the world, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's like, I will. So he passes the power to a young black man. He says, I would call you white Adam. And he's like, hold up, dude. First of all, <laughs> you just look at me. He's like, you, we're not doing this whole thing where black is bad and good is white. Uh, we're over that. And <laughs> he says, why am I dressed like a male stripper? Um, and so like issue two ends with a new young man receiving the power of black Adam and Black Adam literally dying in a heap on the operating table. So Hector and I have had this conversation offline, but we'll interject it for the rest of y'all. Um, 5G apparently is a thing, and a dude literally lost his job at DC over it, and it sounds like they're playing out most of the playbook anyway. We I got digress. A, we have a new Superman. We have a new Wonder Woman. We have a new Black Adam. Literally, DC fired Didio over this as a timeline saying that it isn't going to work. Then they did Fear State, which, woof. Which, um, by, by the way, can I add this? Um, you can't stop me. Um, yeah, but, here we are. <laughs> go ahead. <I> go. <laughs> Fine. Um, did I tell you that um, at Dragon's Lair, which is my local comic book shop, and this is all in love, there's no negative in this statement, um, other than the irony is um, that uh, the owner of Dragon's Lair is a former big-ish musician. He had a band. They were rockers. And like that was a thing. So they've started a thing, almost like a dead poet society of rock, at their comic shop. Okay. Where they actually, like when they close up shop on certain days, they do full rock concerts. And the staff of the comic shop have formed a band via Homesick Pilots. And like Aww. they're performing at the weekends at their comic shop at their at their big Saturday events and stuff like that. And that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Uh oh. Do you know what their name is? Oh no. Do you know what their name is? No. It's Fear State. <laughs> <laughs> And it's intentional. It's in the font from the comic. No. <laughs> no. So every time I see them post about their band, I have PTSD about horrible comics I bought. <laughs> and I'm like, this is not what you want associated with your shop, my dude. Oh. <laughs> wow. All right. 
Can I talk about some comics? Okay, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> so but I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna get us out on time. Don't worry. For all of you looking at the clock, don't worry. We love you. The good news is most Dude, of nobody my... nobody will listen to this podcast and think, oh no, they've gone five minutes too long. <laughs> I I don't know. But mine are pretty straightforward. And some of them don't require a ton of setup. So that's what's great. Um seven secrets which you have heard Chris and Todd when he visits on the show or comments on the show um, says a whole lot. So again, hi Todd um, seven secrets wrapped <laughs> up with number 18 and I legit didn't see that ending coming at all. Um, I think I mentioned in the last uh, time that I talked about it, that we kind of found out that one of the secrets was literally the protagonist of the story. And I'm not saying spoiler in front of that because you have literally had like three months on that one. Um, and I'm pretty sure we spoiled it in our last episode. Um, so that's cool. But we learn even more about that. And I won't spoil that for you because actually the wrap up of this entire series really did kind of make me stop and go. I think I actually have to reread this series so that I can see how they got us to here um, because it wraps quickly, but it is does not feel rushed. And it was just wrapped up really well. The book was pretty the whole way through. It's 18 issues. And I love when a comic comes together. And that's almost, that's a little under two years perfect of rolling through a book. And it's just a neat little package. And I kind of dig stories that do that. And I'm not sorry for it. Um, but Boom Studios has just been cranking out really good stories. And Seven Secrets is like on that list for lots and lots and lots of really good reasons. So you need to pick it up trade will probably be out soon so you can pick it up and read the whole darn thing and now that you kind of know that you should be thinking about how it ends and i didn't tell you how it ends but um now you can be looking for some of the stuff because i'm pretty sure i missed things that probably pointed us in this direction of the ending so read the book critically i guess is what i'm saying but it's still a fun ride in doing so because they kind of make you do that because you don't really know what the secrets are for a majority of the journey. Um, but now some of them at that last issue is going to make sense. And I think that's why I need to reread it is because we do see some of it and now I know what they are. Um, and that makes a whole lot more sense. So good stuff. And hi, my name is Chris. I love me some Hellboy. And there is a lot of Hellboy books out in the last couple months. BPRD related issues, Young Hellboy. Um, Young Hellboy almost made my list this week, but uh, Hellboy and the BPRD Time is a River was just freaking cool. Um, I want to say this because Hellboy and the BPRD, you know, Mike is still writing a lot of the Hellboy stuff, but it's usually a different artist that jumps into the series as we go. Um, and this art was cool. And that's why it's super important to me because this is some of the best looking I've seen since Mike does his own art in quite a while. So if you just want to see some really dope Hellboy visuals, time is a river, um, is definitely worth it. And of course it's got that, you know, spoopy, scary, um, Hellboy stuff, but it also kind of leans more into that Lovecraftian side of things because it's got that ocean vibe and all that good stuff. Um, but this was just a fun book to look at, not just the regular story. Um, Unnatural 
which Hector and I talked a lot about um, back in the day, um, has returned um, with a new series called Blue Blood, which the first issue doesn't give us a ton of setup. But we're back in that universe. Uh, we get introduced to um, our wolf friend's sister, younger sister, um, that seems to be having some of the original visions uh, that the main character had from the first series. So you can see the interconnected Is it her part. sister? Is it his sister? His sister. Yeah, they explain that whole thing of stop acting like my dad when you're my brother. Mm, okay. it's literally in the middle of the book it's a really weird relationship because of the age thing and everything but i'm pretty sure i took away the correct vibe on that because a that discussion back and forth and it's just weird um so it's we don't have a lot yet but art is still on point this book managed to not wander into the mature space that the other ones had so i'm not comfortable saying that this is going to be less adulty than the first series yet but at least for now it kind of has that vibe but I yeah it does feel less adulty but we'll see so we're not going to say that yet until i see more issues that i can say that in confidence because the first series was a very mature book that we recommended because of the content and how it was handled um so we'll see how this version kind of plays out we want to be honest with you in terms of that um, but my last book was a Scott Snyder book that I didn't know existed and I didn't know that I needed. And it's, I believe it's an image book. I just want to double check that. Um, no, it was IDW. Even more reason why my brain's like, what? Um, but You're I was still here. <laughs> different story. Um, and it is called dark spaces, wildfire. And it is about a wildfire team in California, but this team is made up entirely of women and specifically women from the Bureau of Prisons. So short version for those of you who don't know, most federal wildland firefighters in California, believe it or not, are usually folks that are incarcerated are, and are eligible for work release. That is a commentary in and of itself that we take a lot of folks um, from the prison system when we don't have enough wildland firefighters, we throw a minimum amount of training at them and throw them out in front of a wildfire. Yeah. Um, so that's an interesting setup in and of itself. Obviously, there's some climate change issues with the fact that fires are more prevalent and Scott gets into that as well. Um, but this is a heist book, fam. It's a heist book because it's about this really good hotshot team that goes out to these fires that has been working together for a while. But first of all, let's just pause and appreciate the fact they didn't just call this book hot shots. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> Definitely true. Um, and they, one of them kind of points out, Hey, aren't we near like this art depository type thing? And you get a little bit of each, uh, individual on the team's backstory of either how they ended up in prison or what they have waiting for them on the outside. And then you get the whole setup for there could be hundreds of millions of dollars worth of art in the middle of this fire. And who would know? And that's the setup to this story. And I was like, I don't know where this is going, but the art is cool. There's a lot of issues here that are kind of, I mean, we're talking about stuff that if you didn't know is true. There are a lot of Bureau of Prison inmates that are part of the U.S. Wildland Fire Service um, as part of work release type programs and all of that. that. That's how we fill a lot of boots during wildfire season, which is 
wild when you start to think about it. Um, so Scott's getting into the commentary, which he's really good at, but I think there's an interesting story kind of percolating out through the middle of this as well. So that was quick, but those are some of my books. You are listening to the Polis Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mira. Hey everyone, I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So this past weekend, I had a panel at uh, the largest con I'll be at this year, and it was a Faith and Fandom panel discussing just the concept of looking for spiritual content in our entertainment, and you know, discussing the fact that some people grew up being told that you couldn't love video games or comics or Harry Potter or Pokemon or Dungeons and Dragons and still love Jesus and just kind of asking people what their discouragements were, what their encouragements were and uh, encouraging them to have open eyes and to use discernment. It's a panel I've been doing for years and I've usually gotten a lot of good response from it but at this panel a lady in the back started like flagrantly flailing her arms around and when I finally called on her uh, she was very, uh, aggressive and she said, what qualifies you to lead this panel? And I kind of paused and you know, asked her to clarify and she said, well, what are your qualifications? And, you know, I just said, well, I've got a degree in divinity and I've been a professional geek for 10 years. It's a fan panel. I didn't even mention the books. And, uh, but apparently my answer wasn't good enough and she literally stormed out of the panel and we went on and it went really well, but that lady's response ate away at me the whole weekend. Like I did another panel the next day, a geek church service, but literally every time I thought about it, it's bothered me. And I realized that I was holding on too tightly to what people thought about this. And Galatians 1.10 says, Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. The crazy thing is, I got so much positive feedback about this panel. Literally at my hotel the next morning when I went to go get coffee, a dude pulled me aside and said, Hey, you did a really great job and that was really encouraging in the like hotel elevator but i was so focused on what one person said that i was kind of ignoring what god said and i just want to encourage you listen to god over people remember to catch faith and fandom 180 every wednesday morning on the back row morning show only on ltn radio and if you'd like to learn more about faith and fandom head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our comic-con ministry podcasts memes apparel and book series you can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book i'm hector mirai and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me you are listening to the polis podcast with chris Fourier and hector mirai I'll give you my number one that I thoroughly enjoyed. And then Hector, I'll let you shut us out for our return episode. But, um, my management bootleg surprise everyone. I chose a Matt Kent book.
Um, you might have seen that earlier in the episode. Congrats. You stayed for an hour and you figured it out. Um, Matt setting up kind of a return to the mind management world. He had a very long run of this comic. He made a book, um, sold the stuff to Netflix. There's a game. There's a tabletop game. There's all kinds of stuff that he's been playing with in this. And we get introduced to a new character that's being recruited by the new mind management. And if you're looking kind of for that thriller slash what on earth is going on um, type mystery, but also spy ish type book, this is your jam. Because we do need that. I mean, it's literally mind management in this reality is the truth isn't even truth anymore. So who manages truth type thing? So we're we're not making long (laughs) uh, editorial stretches in terms of reality. But at the same time, mind management is designed to be like really kind of out there. So, I mean, honestly, like and this isn't a negative. It's just like even when he was talking to us about the board game, I was kind of lost. Yep. <laughs> oh no, it's it this this world of my management is super interesting. Okay. Sweet. There's there's a lot to it. All right. What you got? Um, and just my number one, and it's a one shot as well. There is an ongoing series that picked up after the one shot. Um, but honestly, the one shot was better than the beginning of the series to me. So mm-hmm. uh there's uh Azra- Sword of Azrael, Dark Knight of the Soul. And if you're not aware, uh, after Azrael spent some time in space with Justice League Odyssey, because like the other first issues, Azrael, Batman's like, where have you been? He's like, space. I'm like, (laughs) okay, Outer space. Yeah, that's literally the line. Um, And (laughs) right. Yeah. Um, But Azrael is working as a janitor and um, in a hospital. And he's like or an orderly or something or maybe a nurse either way. but he's just like praying for people and taking care of them. And then occasionally he goes out to be um, the fist of God's vengeance. <laughs> and like one uh, does. Like one does. And uh, there's like just some honest faith conversations with a dude in a hospital bed while he's also, you know, flaming sorting and, you know, doing some dirt. Doing Azrael stuff. Yeah. Doing some Azrael stuff. Um, but uh, so honestly, if you need any other further reason why I would recommend that listen to other podcasts you'll get it um but i i like i like i like asriel there's some moderately not out of context jesus sprinkled in there and batman ta-da um (laughs) nailed it nailed it um but i now the one shot was my recommendation but also there is the number one of the new asriel serial series and uh here's why i'll just for kicks and giggles throw this out there uh this is the return of a character we've only met in another book oh interesting uh guess who asriel's big bad is so for the first issue of the new asriel series go on vengeance Ooh, okay right Mm -hmm. so bane's daughter bane's clone daughter lady (laughs) lady bane lady bane Uh, no the mighty bane um if you've watched thor love and thunder um uh so uh lady bane shows up and but not only is lady bane showing up she's showing up because she's leading an organization that is restarting the knights of templar that sounds right and she is their muscle um because there is a there is a new uh person who has been chosen to be the sword of god's vengeance and it's not asriel 
And so, mm-hmm. like, you get Lady Bane. And also, keep in mind, uh, she's like, you fought my father. Um, this is the one who jacked Bane up back in Nightfall. So, yep. And Got the it. fact that in this book featuring Bane and or Lady Bane from the Joker series, and they're referencing Nightfall, and it's 2022. And I was just like, okay, cool. That's all. Great. Man. We're back, baby. Yay, comics. Oh, man. That's going to do it for us here at the Polis Podcast. And man, has it been a couple months since we've been with you guys. But that's episode 72. It's now in the books and now in your ears. But, you know, we seriously actually couldn't do this alone. Um, as many of you know, we take this epic journey of podcasts and fandom with lots of other amazing podcasts right here on the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I love thy nerd. Um, so be sure to visit lovethynerd.com for more info, previous episodes, and maybe find yourself a new show. Like I said, our buddy Matt uh, does a morning show, and he talked a lot about San Diego. So, you know, c- click the link and go listen to that stuff. Um, it's pretty good. But Hector and I also want to thank all of you for choosing us as your primary comic book uh, knowledge factory. Uh, now, again, on a near weekly basis, you know, when we don't take breaks. Um so don't leave us hanging. Rate, review the show uh, on your favorite podcasting app of choice or on your Microsoft Zoom if you still have one. Um, we're on the iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and all those places that Hector doesn't want to obtain his podcast from. Uh, but seriously, thank you guys. <laughs> See, I broke Hector. Because none, all of this is written down and I usually don't interject in the middle of the boilerplate at the end of the show. You are welcome. And now some of you are going to get to see this unfold in 1080p golden goodness in the future. So seriously, thank you for listening. And remember, kids, read, read more comics. Comics. It's, it's, comics. <laughs> read more comics. Read more comics. I'm going to take all seven continents of the game of risk. Oh.